This is Morning Air. This is about educating a people that for 40 years haven't been given the full truth. It's time now to speak the truth. When you do things to the best of your ability, keeping Jesus number one and doing everything you possibly can for His glory, that's a winner. You are called to make the light of Christ shine brightly in the world. Bringing the light of Christ to start your day. This is Morning Air with John Morales on Relevant Radio. It's Monday, January 10th, 2022. Good morning and welcome to Morning Air. I'm John Morales. Glenn is off today. Thanks so much for joining us this Monday morning. It's the first day of ordinary time. Glenn did a a fantastic job filling in for me last week while I was under the weather recovering from COVID, as you may have heard. I am so grateful for all of your prayers as my family dealt with COVID, uh, most probably the Omicron variant that has affected so many people across our nation and around the world, including our morning air producer, Mariano, who also also uh, is recovering from COVID, but is with us here this morning. I absolutely thank the Lord uh, that we have all recovered in my family and that Omicron was really a lot like a a really bad cold, uh, thankfully. We continue to pray for an end to the pandemic. Uh, Be not afraid. This too shall pass. Hopefully it will end very soon. As we do every show, we begin every hour giving thanks to our Lord uh, through the intercession of the Mother of God, our Blessed Mother Mary. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death, Amen. Our Lady of Guadalupe, patroness of the Americas, patroness of the unborn and of relevant radio, pray for us. St. Joseph, patron of the Universal Church, pray for us. St. John Paul II, co-patron of relevant radio, pray for us. And we always invoke the Holy Spirit here on Morning Air whenever we pray, come Holy Spirit, come. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. And as you heard uh, from Patrick uh, Conley, who was in for Glenn this morning, uh, we have uh, heavy hearts as we continue to pray for the 19 people that died in the New York City apartment fire, including 30 children. It's uh, New York City's uh, deadliest fire in 30 years. So we pray for all of those families affected by this horrible tragedy. Now, in case you missed it, on Friday, the U.S. Supreme Court heard oral arguments about the Biden administration's COVID-19 vaccine mandates for employers and federally funded health providers. The justices seemed split along ideological lines on vaccine requirements affecting nearly 100 million workers. Supreme Court Justice Sonia Sotomayor came under tremendous criticism on Friday and over the weekend after she falsely suggested that upwards of 100,000 children in the U.S. are hospitalized from COVID-19. Many of them are on ventilators, she said. Council, those numbers show that Omicron um, is as deadly uh, and causes as much serious disease in the unvaccinated as Delta did. The numbers look at the hospitalization rates that are going on. We have more affected people in the country today than we had a year ago in January. 
Um, we have hospitals that are almost at full capacity with people is severely ill on ventilators. We have over 100,000 children, which we've never had before, in, in serious condition, and uh, many on ventilators. With all due respect to Justice Sotomayor, those numbers for children are way, way off. They're not even close. According to the CDC Director Rochelle Walensky, uh, who spoke yesterday on Fox News, there are fewer than 3,500 children in hospitals with COVID-19. A ruling uh, will be coming from the Supreme Court at any time. Our power scripture from the Playbook of Life this morning is from Revelation 3.20. Our Lord Jesus says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and eat with him and he with me. Our Lord Jesus Christ wants us to hear his voice. He knocks on the door of our hearts, inviting us to sup with him, that is to eat his body and blood in the Holy Eucharist. Christ desires a close intimacy with us, the faithful. Do we really take advantage of this gift of love, of his true presence, substantially present in the sacred host under the appearance of bread and wine in the most holy Eucharist? In fact, our U.S. bishops are calling for a Eucharistic revival this year. Let's start today by opening the door of our hearts and letting our Lord Jesus feed us with the bread of life, the Holy Eucharist. We pray with great confidence always, Jesus, I trust in you. Now, as natural as it is, being a man of the household does not come naturally, especially in this day and age. We need to be intentional and take specific steps to become the man that we want to be. I can speak for myself as a father. I think it's important to always try to be the best father, the best dad, the best husband that you can be. I recently spoke with Dr. John Cudback about the role of a father and a husband in the family and the household. Dr. Cudback is a professor of philosophy at Christendom College. He's also a husband and a father, a student of great thinkers, and a man on a search. Listen to my conversation with Professor Dr. John Cudback. Good morning, Dr. Cudback. Welcome to Morning Air. Thanks so much for joining us. Good morning, John. It's great to be with you. Great to be with you, too. Uh, This is a very interesting topic uh, for myself, obviously, uh, being a dad and and a husband. Do you think that the meaning of a real man uh, has been distorted in our culture in this day and age? Well, I certainly do. And, you know, it's. I, I, I think the thing is, a lot of people have a sense of that, but they're not exactly sure what to do. And it's one of those things that God has put something very deep within us, in our nature, that's kind of calling out for something, calling out to be something. So, so we know there's, we have a sense there's a natural plan. There's, we have a sense that there's something we need to step up to. But, you know, a culture can very much be judged by how is it doing in seeing that and promoting that, and that's one of the major features you can see about our culture, is we've, in various ways, either missed it or outright rejected it. 
Absolutely. And all you have to do is look on television, look in the movies, uh, not just today, but even just for the last few decades. I think of uh, stereotypical uh, dads in families, guys like Archie Bunker, uh, you know, bumbling, stumbling guys, by no means uh, the ideal uh, of a father uh, in from a Catholic Christian perspective. And yet that's what the mainstream media has been feeding us now for decades. Absolutely. It, it's, it's, it's so... It, it's so dramatic, you know. I, 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 Aristotle has a great, has many great lines. One of the things I love that he says is that a culture, a civilization, will produce the kind of men that it honors. And we are not honoring men for being good men. We're honoring men for various and sundry things that men sometimes do but we're not honoring men who have really seen the essence of the call of manhood, even just on the natural level, not to mention in Christianity. And so it's not, it's not surprising that we ask little boys what they want to be. It's you know, the things that are coming out of their mouths are not the things that actually are the fulfillment of their male human nature. Becoming the man of the household, just the term the man of the household is not something that you hear that much in our mainstream culture these days. Why do we need and should want to become the man of our household? You know, I, I think, John, the main thing here, again, I'm a philosopher, so I begin with asking what's the plan of nature. And the beautiful thing is the plan of nature always fits perfectly with the supernatural plan, what we know by faith. And the plan of nature is always, always better than what we come up with in our mistaken and fallen approach. So why should, why should we want it? And there's several, several ways of answering that. Well, because God wants it. And because what God wants is going to be what's best for us. This, this is the beauty of a natural design is that it's both best for us and it's best for those around us. It's always a win-win-win situation. What's what most best works for the glory of God, it most fulfills us as individuals, it most empowers us to be for those that we love what we most want to be for them. I mean, that, that was really the thing, John, that I would most, most focus on. You know, we're made for love. We're made for a relationship that needs to be enacted in certain ways. And so we need to discover what incredibly deep and rich ways there are of doing that and try to enter into it. Sometimes it might not immediately feel right, but we have to be willing to kind of go with it and discover it. And as we discover it, we realize, oh my goodness, as usual, God's plan here for our becoming ourselves, for our serving others, for our serving Him, is much better than we could have realized. And Dr. Cudbeck, would you agree that it's never too late? Uh, even if you've been married for a bunch of years and you haven't been acting like the man of the household, uh, you can still make strides to try to become that man of the household. I, I, absolutely. I mean, a key, key, key principle here is you can, you can always begin again. I mean, this is the gift of nature. This is the gift of, of supernature. I, I really emphasize this. This is so, so where my heart is. I mean, we, we, all of us in various and sundry ways are falling short. 
It's never about the blame game. It's never about pointing figures, fingers. It's never about saying, well, gosh, I just, I, I, I can't do this. You know, I've, I've failed my wife. I've failed my children. Kind of, I've ruined things. Now what? I mean, if, if there's one thing that the gospel teaches us, you know, with the prodigal son and so many other great stories, wherever we are, we, by God's grace, see the light, and we start over right now, we can start to move towards being in a much more rich and real way, the man that God has been calling us to be, and immediately it will make a big difference in our own life. Immediately those around us will start to feel, especially in our household. Dr. Cutback, uh, from a, a Catholic Christian perspective, what do you think is the role of a husband in the family and in the household and some of the responsibilities that come with it? Well, I'm glad you used the word responsibility because it's a word that I always begin with. And, you know, I, I begin by saying, and you ask a great question. I want to answer that question from a Catholic perspective. But I, as mentioning earlier, as a philosopher, I begin with what already we can just know from nature. It's something that Aristotle saw. We're called to take first responsibility. That's, that's the overarching principle. And that's the thing where we're told in so many different ways that we're somehow offending others, that we're doing something that's inappropriate. When we, when we realize, when we take the approach that God has called us to be, in a sense, in the first place. Traditionally, this was called the man being the head of the household. And I think that that's ultimately a very important Christian term. For those that don't have a Christian foundation to be able to see that, then we, can, we don't necessarily have to use the word head of the household. We can use the word of taking first responsibility, because at the end of the day, that's the reality of what the head of the household is. It's the person who, by God's natural and supernatural design, has to look first to step forward to say, how can I, and I love to use this term, how can I craft a good human life in the relationships in my household. This is what a man is to excel at. This is what we're missing, that he needs to be as a designer, a crafter of relationships. Aristotle saw this. He said the man has to take first responsibility for, first of all, crafting his relationship with his wife and his relationship with his children, as well as his wife's relationship with his children. Household is always about relationships. Everything in the household is to serve the flourishing of human life in those relationships. So men as relationship crafters is, I think, the first key step. We're joined by Dr. John Cudback, professor of philosophy at Christendom College, uh, a husband and a father himself, talking about the role of a father and husband in the family and in the household. Uh, doctor, you're talking about the head of the household. Do you think that uh, de facto in recent years, uh, the, the mom has become the head of the household because the men haven't taken up their, that responsibility? In, in, in many ways, John, I do. And, and the thing is here, I think it's really important, you know, this is such, such a difficult, difficult topic. You know, when I speak on this, one of the hardest things to hear is like the, the woman who calls in and says, well, what am I supposed to do if my husband dot, dot, dot. So this is, this is a very, He's very not stepping up thing. to the plate. The husband's not stepping no, up to no, the no, plate, no, so no, she's no, taking no, over. 
Exactly, and and this is completely understandable because these things need to be attended to, and 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 so you know it's it's a very particular situation. Well, what should I do if you know my husband's not whatever, whatever? Great questions. We can't solve all those at the minute, other than beginning by talking about the natural plan. Again, I, I know a lot of people suffer when they even hear about the natural plan because they because. They think, well, oh my goodness, now I just know how far from the way things are supposed to be I am. Courage. Be of good heart. It's always good to begin with the truth. We need to live in the truth. We need to see the gift of what God's calling us to, and that's the basis for wherever we are. If we need to, if, if I'm a wife or my husband isn't doing these things, it helps me at least to understand I can be doing everything I can to be trying to encourage him, trying to call him to something where it's going to be better for me and for all of us if he begins to see this. But let me again come, come the other direction. I particularly want to be taking, well, I want to take this message to men and to women because it, when you take this message to women, it helps them understand what they need to expect. I particularly want to take it to men because it, it, it is, it's something that's so powerful. You know, that's part of the reason Jordan Peterson and his, and his message is so heard. Men are designed to take responsibility, though it's a hard thing, and we need to be told that. You can step up and do this even if you're not sure how. You need to pray. You need to be humble. You need to turn to other men and help, uh, you know, ask them to help you and work together and discern this. How am I going to redirect my attention? John, this is part of the, the key thing. Our society has affected us in so many negative ways. There's so many men who are focusing too much on their career. It, it, it's understandable, but they're, they're not putting the deliberation, the prayer, the consideration into discerning how they take first responsibility at home. Ultimately, your career will be more of the career it can and should be if it is not horning in on getting in the way of overtaking the more primary responsibility of taking that first responsibility at home. Well, Dr. Cudbeck, uh, being a husband has its responsibilities, as you're pointing out. Now, being a father, I believe, has even greater responsibility. What does it really mean uh, to, uh, to be a father? What's the role of the father and the specific responsibilities that come with being a father? Yeah, great, great question. I say that, you know, the, the first thing is to always go back to the priority of the relationship with the wife. I once heard, and I, and I, and I think someone say in the election, it was so, so perfectly said of, you want to love your children? Well, begin by loving your spouse well. And this is, this is God's natural design. You're absolutely right. We have something new and dramatic in the relationship towards the children. But it's always an extension of the relationship that now needs to grow more deep with the spouse. We always parent together and the quality of the relationship with my children is rooted in how much attention I am given to my relationship to my spouse. But then together as spouses, we look unselfishly towards our children and we're always asking ourselves the question, what can I do to empower them to become all they're called to be? I know it sounds, it sounds, it sounds simple, but it's such a dramatically difficult thing to do. How can I arrange this household so that it is the foundation, the context for their 
growing in virtue. They're growing in character. They're growing in holiness. This has content. And the thing that I'd like to particularly say as, as regards content is you need to be growing your relationship. This is the thing especially that I like to scream from the housetops. We fathers so often are inadvertently missing what the relationship with our children is demanding of us. The specific attention, time, and discernment it takes. How can I be growing this relationship? It, it is so easy to miss. And we have to, we have to begin there. And there's different contexts we can use to grow that relationship. Not every household has to look the same. But every household has to be highly intentional. I heard you use that word before my segment. Perfect. Completely agree, especially in this day and age. The structures of our household need to be changed by us. We need to be intentional to make them a context for relationship with, between us and the children. How can we uh, as fathers uh, and as dads uh, be more present at home and make uh, spending quality time with the family, with our children, a top priority, even more important than uh, being a workaholic and, and working all day? Well, first of all, to recognize that that you know we're, we're, we we can attend to both, and especially during these precious years when we do have children at home, that we are called to be all hands on deck. It's not an excuse to not attend to our profession. We need to be excellent in what we do at our profession, but that at the same time must serve our being excellent as fathers, are being excellent as relationship builders, are being excellent as character crafters with our, with our children. And we begin, John, by doing exactly what you said. Again, being more intentional. How do we be more present? We be present by our intention. We be present by constantly, constantly coming back into our mind. How can I be here with them? I think this, this is something we can work on, even if we have to be gone a lot of time. I think sometimes we give ourselves a buy. We, give our, we, let, we let ourselves off easy. Well, got to go now. You know, sorry, I wish it were otherwise. You, you, in a very important way, leave your heart with your spouse, with your children. This, is, this, can, this can be a chosen thing. I, I'm still invested here, even though I'm away in body. I am deeply invested here. I am asking myself, how can I still be present and arranging things here? Dr. Cutback, we have less than two minutes to go. Can you give us some perspective on some of the virtues that we need to work on to be able to fulfill both roles as a father and a husband, and how perhaps St. Joseph, especially in this year of St. Joseph, how he can be a great example, a great role model? Amen. Absolutely. Well, let's, 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 let's begin with that. God's calling us right now to be a better husband and to be a better father. Let's take today, let's take this morning right now as a special grace. This is the way it works in the, this is the way it works in the Christian life. God touches our heart right here, right now, and says, so let's do something different. So let's do something because it is the year of St. Joseph. Let's make St. Joseph be our patron. St. Joseph, intercede for us. Help us to see more, first of all, what we're called to be. Right. That, that already is a huge thing. We're going to be looking, St. Joseph. You talked about the virtues, humility. The humble man is the one who sees. 
he sees what, how he's been falling short. We need to assess where we are and where we can go from here, what we can do to be more intentional, what we can do to more reinvest here under his patronage, how we, like St. Joseph, can give first attention to the spousal relationship, how we, like St. Joseph, can then have the relationship with our offspring flow from the richness of our relationship with our spouse. These are very simple things. He will guide us. We, in, in humility and courage, it's going to take courage. We have to be willing to be different. Another one, on, on selfishness. Right? We're going to have to be willing to suffer here and look different and not get the adulation. We're never going to be praised the way other men are for their great successes out there. So with St. Joseph, we're willing to accept the loving plan God has given us for everybody's good. Amen. I appreciate uh, your advice. Let's all go to Joseph in this year of St. Joseph. Uh, Dr. Kudbeck, uh, thank you so much uh, for being with us. My pleasure. Great honor. Thanks, John. And that was Dr. John Kudback, uh, professor of theology at Christendom College, and of course, the year of St. Joseph ended uh, recently on the Feast of the Immaculate Conception. Uh, the year of St. Joseph is over, but of course we can always invoke St. Joseph, uh, the father figure and the universal uh, patron of our church uh, for uh, guidance, especially uh, for fathers and husbands. And we need to take a short break when Morning Air continues. Catholic evangelist Omar Aguilar is going to be with us from Dallas, Texas, to talk about how to stop procrastinating and practice the do-it-now rule as uh, we begin to try to work on our New Year's resolutions here at the beginning of the new year. Stay with us. There's so much more to come as Morning Air continues after this. Catholic Order of Foresters is proud to sponsor the Relevant Radio Studio Line. For information about employment opportunities and flexible premium life insurance plans, visit relevantradio.com forester. Bringing the light of Christ to start your day with the issues that matter most. This is Morning Air with John Morales on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Nothing like a little Colombian music to get you going in the morning. Welcome back to Morning Air. I'm John Morales. Glenn is enjoying a day off. Great to be with you this Monday morning. Our number, if you want to be part of the program, 888-914-9149. That's 888-914-9149. Now, obviously, here we are. It's uh, the 10th of January. The new year is absolutely here. And you probably have some resolutions that you want to work on this year. It's so easy uh, to fall behind, to fall into laziness, idleness, procrastination, and even negligence as we begin the new year. I've, I've always been uh, touched by something that Mother Teresa once said. She said, yesterday is gone. Tomorrow has not yet come. We only have today. Let us begin. Powerful words from Mother Teresa. The question is, how can we stop procrastinating as we work on our New Year's resolutions? Joining us now uh, for more perspective to talk about how to stop procrastinating and practice the do-it-now rule as part of your New Year's resolutions is Catholic evangelist Omar Aguilar, the Director of Religious Education for Mary Immaculate Church in Farmers Branch, Texas, in the Diocese of Dallas. 
Omar is also the host of several Catholic and pro-life programs on Spanish radio and television and the author of the book Latino Catolicos en los Estados Unidos, Latino Catholics in the U.S. Good morning, Omar. Happy New Year. Thanks so much for joining us this morning. Always good to be with you. Uh, John, um, happy Monday and happy new year to you and all your listeners. And, and yeah, here we go. It's a brand new year. Can you believe it? We're already 10 days into it. In fact, today's the first day of ordinary time. So uh, a lot of people are putting away their Christmas decorations, their Christmas trees, the nativity scenes uh, after uh, yesterday. Yeah, absolutely. It's hard to believe. And, and speaking of not procrastinating and just do the things that you need to do right away, I'm planning to do the same today. You know, we always do it the day after the baptism of the Lord. So, yeah, we're planning to put away the Christmas tree, the nativity and all the good stuff today. So, so yeah, we're ready to go as well. That's so funny. Uh, my wife reminded me that yesterday is the day to put everything away. And yet... I procrastinated, uh, but probably with, with good, good reason, since, you know, as I mentioned at the top of the show, we, our entire family got hit with COVID. So we've been, you know, uh, recovering to kind of taking it easy, uh, letting the, the body uh, recovers the, to be able to be with you here this morning. And thanks be to God, uh, we're all doing much better. And, um, you know, but the tree's still up. It hasn't been put away. <laughs> Well, well, and, 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 and thanks be to God, you, you guys are doing better. The family's feeling a little better. But sometimes, you know, that's the way to get started when you're planning new things, when you want to improve yourself, when, when you start setting all these goals for the new year. And I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to save more money. I want to eat healthier. I want to exercise. I want to get a better job. Regardless of what it is, sometimes, you know, we set these goals that are sometimes a bit too high for us, uh, way up there. And, you know, a week goes by, 10 days into the new year or a month into to the new year and then you start seeing the goal you know it's time far and far away and you're like well never mind forget it maybe you know i was dreaming a bit too high i was aiming a bit too high but sometimes we forget that sometimes we just need we just need to get started right sometimes we just need we just need to do the things that we can right away at the moment right sometimes you know you get to work early in the morning and you got a thousand emails and you say well i'm gonna get to all of them you know in an hour and obviously you didn't do it so you know, by lunch, you're like, ah, forget it. You know, I'll just try again tomorrow. Uh, why don't we start uh, replying to the ones that really matter, to the ones that are really important? And then, you know, things, instead of having a thousand emails, then you probably end up with, I don't know, a hundred left. So sometimes the best way to get started is just to start doing those things that we are actually able to do, that we're capable of doing. You know, new year, new resolutions. Uh, most of us want to eat healthier. Most of us want to start exercising, maybe a little more. Uh, why don't we start just by walking? Why don't we start by, you know, um, giving up maybe, I don't know, soft drinks or that extra candy that I, look, that I always like to, to eat in lunchtime or whatever, you know. Sometimes we need to start doing those things, just the basic things. Then, obviously, the more you do the basic things, the more you're able and capable and ready and willing to take, to take on, on those, uh, you know, extra challenges that sometimes we set ourselves to. Absolutely. In fact, I think I heard somewhere that upward of uh, at least 80% of, of folks that have New York's resolutions, by the end of January, uh, they've gone by the wayside. They totally just uh, uh, fall away. Yeah, it, it, because once again, you know, we sometimes set these, these resolutions, these plans that are a bit too higher for our reality. So we need to start uh, by 
doing the things that we can. Okay, you know, if I want to, I don't know, if I want to lose 20 pounds, well, guess what? You need to start losing half a pound. So you need to start somewhere. You need to start somehow. And, and that's what we need to sometimes set ourselves to. But also, at the same time, we need to start seeing and be honest to ourselves. And we need to start doing those things that are affecting us. They perhaps are getting on, in the way of our goals. Right. Is for instance, I don't know how many of you have planned to be to become saints this year. Right. That sounds a bit crazy. Right. Like, okay, 2022. I promise that I'm gonna try to be a saint. Okay. What is it, the things that I need to do to become a saint? Well, first of all, why don't we start doing those things that are getting on the way so we can become saints? It's like I remember a few years ago. I was dealing with the with the scene. I was dealing with the, with something not not pleasant to me, but yet I was doing it. And I remember one time, John, I went into the church and I was, you know, I was doing a holy hour and I was praying to God and I was like, "Oh Jesus, please help me out. I need to change my ways. I need to be better. I need to stop doing this." And I remember I was praying with all my heart and I was saying, "God, give me a sign. Help me to to be better." And I remember like two days later, I went to confession, you know, and I was confessing to, to, to the priest. And I remember he said the most shocking words that I heard in a long time. You know, as I was telling him my scenes and stuff, he said, well, why don't you just stop? And <laughs> to me, that was like a shock. I was like, what? What? And he said, yeah, why don't you just stop? Well, believe it or not, that was all I needed. And thanks be to God, I never did that again. I remember walking out of the confession feeling a lot better, obviously. And I remember being like, oh, wow. Thank you, God. That was so unreal. All I needed to hear was someone to tell me, stop. Don't do it again. And so, yeah, these new years, perhaps there are some vices. There are some things that we know they're not good for our health, for our family, for our own souls. Why don't we just start by stopping? Why don't we just give up on those things that are getting on the way of us of becoming saints? Because at the end of the day, you know, that's that's the call for all of us to be to be saints, to be like the saints, to to follow the lead, to follow the path that Jesus had set for us. And so, yes, if we want to improve ourselves, if we want to be better, perhaps we want to save a little more money, perhaps we want to, I don't know, all those things that we always plan. Well, why don't we start by wishing and willing and working in our sainthood? Absolutely. Losing weight, uh, eating healthy, exercising, those are some of the common things that, that people try to rededicate themselves at the beginning of a, a new year. But I think that you bring a very valuable uh, perspective, the importance of, of having spiritual goals, which absolutely I, w- I want to talk to be, uh, here in this segment, because uh, there, there's so many distractions uh, here in this day and age, here in, in 2022. Uh, so many distractions, just a, a click or a tap away uh, on our smartphone. Um, you can get distracted with what's going on in the news, the news cycles, uh, they never end, uh, text, emails, uh, social media, sending you alerts. It just goes on and on, never ends. So the question is, how can we uh, focus on what we have to do and not get lost? Yes, absolutely. It actually happened to me yesterday. I went to Mass, and normally when I go to Mass, I do not bring my cell phone. I always, if I, if I have it with me, I always, I always leave it in the car. But yesterday, for whatever reason, I had it in my pocket. And without thinking, I catch myself twice during Mass looking at the phone. I mean, without even thinking. I mean, there was no need for it. I didn't receive anything. But I don't know, out of the blue, some next thing you know, I'm, I'm, I'm you know, Father is giving the homily, and I catch myself pulling out the phone and just looking, looking at it. And I did it twice. And that was a good reminder, like, whoa, 
yes, there's so many things that get on the way and so many things that I need to still keep improving. And for instance, you know, and things like that. Okay, if I want to improve myself, if I want to be better in anything in life, what are the things that are getting on the way? For instance, I know that definitely me having a cell phone during mass, it's a no-no. Because I tend to look at that thing, even though, once again, I have no reason whatsoever. And that's going to get on the way of me, you know, listening to the Word of God, me being totally present during that hour on, on Sunday Mass. And so, yes, it's good that we set goals, that we set plans, that we want to do so many different things. But once again, we need to start with the small things. We need to start, we need to start with the things that we are able and capable to do in today at this very moment. And then that definitely will, will help us, will lead us into those bigger things, into those bigger plans that we're all dreaming and planning. And once again, because if we don't start with the small things, we'll, I mean, it's going to be super hard and difficult to do those major things and, and to follow our, our big dreams. Omar, I'm smiling because um, I'm kind of old-fashioned. I prefer to use uh, the old-fashioned um, actual missile book uh, that I take uh, to Mass with me. So I never I never get tempted to, to look at my cell phone during Mass. But on the other hand, there are some folks, and I do see it uh, quite often, who are following along uh, with the readings on their uh, cell phones, uh, you know, on their smartphones. In fact, uh, the, the relevant radio app actually has the readings. So for some folks, it's not a distraction. It's actually just the opposite. They're using technology to stay focused uh, on uh, the Word of God in the Mass. Yeah, absolutely. My wife is one of those that she's able to look at the readings and then put put the phone away. But being totally honest, that's not most of us. I mean, bless their hearts, those are able to just do that. But at least for myself, I can, I can speak of, some of us are not. So some of us need to need to know that definitely that's a no-no. And that's with everything in life. There's a lot of things that we know that uh, if I want to improve myself, I need to stop doing that because that's a no-no. That's going to get on the way of, of me be- being better. Absolutely. We're, we're talking about uh, stopping procrastination and practicing the do-it-now rule with uh, Catholic evangelist Omar Aguilar. want to bring in our listeners. Uh, if you have any thoughts uh, on procrastination, especially here at the beginning of the year as you work on your New Year's resolutions, if you want to be part of this conversation or perhaps have a, a, another comment or question for, for Omar, we have open lines, uh, 888-914-9149. That's 888-914-9149. We're going to take a short break as we continue our, our discussion Uh, with Catholic evangelist and author Omar Aguilar. Stay with us. There's much more to come here on Morning Air on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Catholic Order of Foresters is proud to sponsor the Relevant Radio studio line. For information about employment opportunities and flexible premium life insurance plans, visit relevantradio.com slash forester. Get connected to the conversation. Call us now at 888-914-9149. That's 888-914-9149. You're listening to Morning Air with John Morales on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. 
And welcome back to Morning Air. I'm John Morales. Thanks for joining us this morning as we continue our conversation with our good friend Omar Aguilar, Catholic evangelist. We're talking about stopping procrastination and the practice of uh, do it now as we uh, begin the new year here with our New Year's resolutions. Uh, Omar, welcome back. Yeah, it's, it's great to be with you. Omar, uh, procrastination has been called the thief of time. Uh, the big question is, how can we deal with procrastination? How can we do it now? Do you have some practical suggestions or advice? Yeah, well, you know, uh, absolutely, because once we just uh, set ourselves to do something and then we don't do it, well, believe it or not, that becomes that becomes a habit. That becomes the way that we kind of live our lives. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do that, but I'm just going to wait another date. I'm just going to wait another week. I'm just going to start doing it next month. And, and, you know, some of the best advices that I have received in my life and that, I, that I'm still struggling with up to these days, sometimes that two-minute rule. That thing that, you know, well, if I, if I need to do something and I know that I can do it right away, I'm just going to do it. I'm not going to, I'm not going to sit bad and I'm not going to wait it. I'm just going to go ahead and do it. And we can, and definitely we can apply it and use that in so many different ways in our lives, you know, particularly the beginning of the new year, you know, the first couple of weeks when we're setting ourselves for the rest of the year and we're having all these goals or these plans and we want to do so many, so many different things. Well, why don't we start by doing those that we can actually are able to do it right away? You know, I'm going to start eating healthy. Well, you know, guess what? The, the first thing you need to do is be careful what you're having for breakfast today. <laughs> That's a good beginning, right? I mean, I know you want to eat healthy the rest of the year, but why don't we start with breakfast today? And then why don't we do the same for lunch? And then why don't we do the same for dinner on, on this Monday, you know, the first day of the week when we're back to work? And in so many different ways, we can do that. Just figure out the things that we're able and capable to do. And, and at the same time, going back to one of the points that I was making earlier, why don't we start by setting ourselves to achieve these goals by giving up and stopping those things, those things that are getting on the way. You know, perhaps eating healthy is my big, big challenge this year. Well, maybe I need to stop going to that local shop that I love so much, but that their food is just not good for my health. Why don't I give up on sweets and, and candy or, or soft drinks, whatever it is, you know, if I want to stop, you know, what if, I, what if I'm having issues with, with alcohol? What if I'm drinking a bit too much? Well, why don't you start bu buying the alcohol, you know? Why don't you change the way where you hang out with? Why don't you stop going to that particular bar or that particular place that always end up leading you into, you know, into, into drinking? And so, yes, there's many things that, and, and it's amazing and it's beautiful, right, that we have all these goals that we set ourselves to be better, to become a better person. But yet we need to start with the present, with the now, as we're saying, and we're quoting, you know, uh, St. Mother Teresa of Calcutta. Yesterday is gone. Tomorrow is not here yet. But today is here. And that's what we need to set ourselves to focus ourselves. And we need to always be proactive. You know, you, we have to start being a bit more active in those things that we want to achieve. And part of it is stop doing those things that get on the way. You know, something that I think is, is very helpful is just taking a little bit of time to get organized. Organize your stuff for work, organize your things at home. Just taking a little bit of time to get organized, I think, can go a long way in uh, trying to accomplish whatever it is that your goals are here at the beginning of the year. 
I spent a little bit of time uh, last night just uh, organizing my office, uh, making sure that the studio was ready to go for today's show. So uh, getting organized is something that I think can really uh, help uh, tremendously. Uh, Another idea that uh, I want to share with you that is something that has always um, helped me tremendously, especially in in doing something that maybe uh, you find difficult to do, is to do it for the Lord. In fact, um, St. Paul in Colossians 3.17 says, Whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. And so what that means is that, that we can do whatever it is that we do. It doesn't matter what it is that we do. If we do it for the Lord, we're doing it for, for the right reason. Um, Omar, we had a little uh, hiccup there with our, our connection um, with your line from Dallas. But I was saying that uh, I think St. Paul can be very inspirational in Colossians 3.17, where he reminds us that whatever you do in word or deed, if we do it for Christ, if we do it for Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him, we're doing it for the right reason. And I think that can give us that added motivation to be more organized, to have more clear-cut goals, to be more, to do it, basically, do it for the Lord. If we do it for the Lord, you're doing it for, for, uh, for the right reason. Absolutely. You know, St. Paul, absolutely. I mean, you're totally right. Uh, we need to set ourselves to, to once again, to be to, to set ourselves to, to be saints, to be like the saints, to be like Jesus. And also that starts with everything that we do in life. If we do it for the right reasons, with the right mindset, which is I'm doing this because, you know, I, I want to follow God. I want to be better. I want to want to bring the gospel into everything that I do, right? It's like um, San Jose Maria Escriba Balaguer. He said it more than once, right? Every single thing that we do in life, we need to do it with the love of God. Everything, every little thing that we do, regardless if we are the CEO of the company or we are the, you know, the new intern, whatever it is that we do in life, we need to be mindful and, and we need to be mindful that if we do it because we love God, we can definitely be the better best we can at it. I love St. Jose Maria, who taught us so much about the value of sanctifying our works. We can sanctify our uh, New Year's resolutions here at the beginning of the year. There's so much that we can learn from the saints. Uh, My hero, St. John Paul II, uh, once said, distractions in life can be internal or external. If you're distracted in your interior, it's more possible and probable that you will be weaker when facing what is exterior. How can we make sure that our interior life is grounded in our relationship with uh, Jesus uh, the Lord. Yeah, that's that, that, that's that's you know that's the sixty-four thousand dollars questions. How can we that we do that? And well, I guess it starts by doing the basics. Uh, how do we pray? How do we talk to Jesus? How do we have a relationship with our God? Right? Sometimes we, we're setting ourselves. Well, you know, I want to be a better person. I want to. I want to become a saint. I, I want to be closer to God. And yet, you're not even praying. And yet, you're not even talking to Jesus. Right? We set ourselves. I'm going to do so many prayers today. Well, why don't you start just by by saying a Hail Mary, by saying or Father. I don't know. It's like a minute or even less than a minute. I don't know. Whatever it is. But we need to start doing it right away. You know, just taking that those few minutes in the morning or throughout the day. I'll lunchtime before you go to bed and just just having that relationship with God is stopping during the week uh, for mass or, or for a holy hour doing those little things but above everything uh, as you were saying uh, and St. Paul say it so many times in his letter and in the gospel and and all throughout history everything starts by the way we do things if we do everything we love by love 
definitely we're setting ourselves to be better and not only to be a better person, but also to become saints. Absolutely. Again, so much wisdom from the saints. St. John Bosco was known to repeat, laziness is the mother of all vices. How can we make sure our actions become good habits and not vices? Yes. Well, if we set ourselves, once again, not just to be good because we want to be good, just to, be, just to do the right things because of the sake of doing them, but if we see them with a higher purpose. What is it that I need to do to become a saint? I think that needs to be the challenge for all of us this 2022. How do we become a saint? What are the things that we're setting ourselves that can help us to achieve that, that goal, to be saints? And now we'll see that we're not only doing things because it's good to do them, because we feel better, because they're helping us to be better, but also because we're aiming to be saints. And so I think that's for all of us, that needs to be the main goal for this 2022. Uh, how do, what is it that I'm doing that, once again, it's not only because I want to be healthier, I want to be a better person, but I want to be a saint. I want to be closer to God. I want to grow in a relationship with Christ. What is it that Christ is, is trying to tell me that I'm, maybe I'm not listening because I'm too busy doing other things? 30 seconds, final thought on the importance of uh, do it now, <laughs> the do it now rule to avoid uh, procrastination. Well, don't give up, first of all. <laughs> Keep trying. <laughs> And then secondly, as that wise priest once told me, if there's something to get in on the way, stop doing it. Stop doing it and start doing those things that are going to help you to set up. And above everything, above everything, keep listening to the Word of God. Keep listening to relevant radio. <laughs> keep going to Mass. Keep doing those tiny little things that, you know, perhaps don't seem like a big deal. But trust me, after a year of doing these things, you'll see yourself that you're becoming a better person and you're working your way into the sainthood. Thanks so much, Omar. Uh, I really appreciate it. Uh, Catholic evangelist Omar Aguilar, the author of the book Latino Catolicos en los Estados Unidos. And now it's time for another episode of Glenn Story Corner. Our story today is called The Best Day Ever. It's by Tanya from Sunny Skies in Australia. Well, that was the best day ever. My autistic son is a mapper. Human GPS memorizes Google Maps and downloads it in his brain forever. He loves to go for drives. He navigates and I go wherever he directs. There are hours spent on motorways on a weekly basis. Yesterday was his first time in the front seat. Now he's a happy flapper and bounces in his seat with an open mouth smile on his face that radiates joy. He cannot contain his excitement. It's my favorite time with him. We were cruising on the M5 heading to the Gold Coast with the same pot of cars for a while and a trucker must have clocked his happy flapping as we passed because he caught up to us and friendly tooted his deep truck horn, wound down his window to wave and toot again. My boy was so happy, he almost hit his head on the car roof. That awesome trucker must have radioed to local trucks on the M5, M2 and M6 route because every time we approached another truck, they did the same friendly toot and wave. We couldn't believe it. There were squeals of joy from him and tears from me. Best day ever. Romans 12.10 Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Coming up in the next hour, our spiritual director, Father Burke Masters, will join us to talk about the importance of Epiphany Week that we ended with the baptism of the Lord uh, yesterday. Plus, Catholic author Emily Geminet will be with us to discuss allowing the love of the Sacred Heart of Jesus to rebuild your domestic church. Don't change that dial. There's much more to come here on Morning Air next hour on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app.